You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 128 with Emily Orton. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Emily on the show today. Most of you know that I am a travel agent, so I just really love talking to people about their travel experiences, especially moms. And so we're going to talk to Emily today about her journey sailing the seas for a year with her family of seven. And so if you kind of feel like you can't do something or you're like, I don't know, are we able to do this? I wanted her to come on to inspire you to take that step of uncomfortableness and go after that dream and make it a reality. Um, I think it's so easy to just stay where we're at and be comfortable. And I feel like Emily has done such a great job of giving her kids experiences that you just can't get staying in your home day after day. And so I wanted you to hear her story so that you too can be inspired. But before we get into the show, I just want to remind you guys that I am a travel agent. And if you are looking to plan some summer fun, it literally is just around the corner. I am here to help you. And I also can help you with fall break and Christmas break if you are thinking that far out. Um, I want you guys to have these experiences with your family. I don't want you to look back and regret, man, I really wish we would have made time for this or set the money aside. This is where I can come in alongside of you and help you brainstorm some amazing ideas so that you too can go on awesome family vacations. So the easiest way that you can get a hold of me is you can go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash travel dash agent, and you can sign up for a free consultation where we can just brainstorm some ideas. Or if you just want to stick to the simpleness of reaching out to me on social media, I'm totally open to that. You can find me on Instagram at Amber Sandberg, or you can message me on Facebook at Amber Sandberg as well. And just let me know that you want to talk about future vacations. All right, let's go to the show. Hey, Emily, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Amber, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. I am a travel agent, so I love asking my guests what their favorite vacation spot is and why. Um, And this can be with or without kids. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Um, So my favorite thing that I've done in traveling in the past year is that we had this opportunity while we were visiting Rome to go to the Vatican City and we posted about it on Facebook and a friend of a friend said, I made a document about the Vatican Library. I bet I can hook you up with one of the librarians there for a private tour. And it was so incredible. It was with kids. It was with my husband and also with another family full of kids that we were traveling with. And we got to go into all these different rooms, tour these halls where they had treasures that, you know, Napoleon had taken in his battles and conquests and just painted ceilings and centuries old books that she showed to us. And I mean, we've traveled a lot and everywhere we go, we love to visit libraries. And this was like the Alexandria of modern day. And I was really blown away, probably a highlight for my life, let alone just this this trip we were taking. So that was that was a favorite for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm curious, uh, what makes you want to check out all the libraries where you travel? Wow, we we love reading. We love stories. Um, and 
we are just always looking for a good book. And we spent a lot of time traveling slow, like traveling oh, on a sailboat or yeah. traveling in a car. And so it's really nice to have, um, you know, a good book to read. And when, when we have traveled by sailboat, I remember my kids would, you know, we could never get a card to the library. It wasn't like we could check books out. Right. Yeah. But we would just, um, they would have a book that was probably from a popular series that was stocked at most libraries. And they would just pick it up at each library and pick up right where they left off the last time they had access to those books. <laughs> so. I see. Okay. So they would read it and then it, they would have to remember where they left off. And then when you're in that town, they would pick up the book and start reading it again. And then they would have to leave the book, right? Because obviously you can't take it with you. Exactly. Okay. I mean, yeah. So that's fun. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. We've been to some great libraries around the world, some tiny little libraries, one that was inside a trailer and it was like no shoes allowed. And oh, wow. In uh, that was in Culebra, Puerto Rico. Yeah. There's just, yeah. Libraries are a great place to, um, while you're traveling, to interface with the locals because oh, they're true. there too. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. I yeah. love that little tip. Okay. That's fun. Um, okay. So let's jump into the show. How about you tell us about um, who you are, what your name is, where you're from, how many kids you have, and then we're going to jump into your whole story. Okay. Uh, my name is Emily Orton. I have five children and I've been raising them in New York City for the past 20 years. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so one thing, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because you and your husband wrote the book called Seven at Sea. And it's a book about you guys packing up your life in New York with your five kids and deciding to go live on a sailboat for a year, which you just referenced um, being on a sailboat and mm -hmm. um, being out at sea. And so I have to say, you know, when your publicist reached out to me, I just thought, I was like, this is so fascinating because this isn't the norm. And I know there's people out there that like, I think want to do things like that. You know, it's like the whole thing, like with tiny homes and traveling and homeschooling and all these kind of like things that you're just like, oh, people actually do this. And so I thought this would be really fun to have you on and just pick your brain. Um, so I wanted to get to the point of sharing with us, what was it that made you guys realize hey, let's really do this. And what was the trigger to make it a reality versus just being a daydream? All right. Those are great questions. I like to say, you know, our apartment wasn't small enough, so we had to move on a boat. That's funny. But th yeah, I'm just teasing there. But uh, the idea started with my husband. He had he was kind of in a low point in his career and a project he tried to get off the ground had flopped and um he had ended up taking this temp job at night down in the financial district and he was, you know, trying to take care of us, but he was really feeling empty mm. as far as his personal satisfaction in what he was doing. And there was a sailing school just there, right there on the Hudson River. And um, he kept talking about it. And I know he didn't feel like he could go there um, because we just have this super average income and this big family, but I thought it would really kind of lift his spirit. So I was encouraging him, like, go for it. Just go find out some information. And so the idea started with him. And what he learned was that they didn't have any classes during the hours that he was available mm. since he worked evenings. And he would have to get four people together for them to do it at a different time of day. Nobody wanted to go with him. So he uh, ended up asking 
me and our two oldest daughters who were 11 and nine at that time. And they were all about it. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm scared of water. I did. I was trying to encourage you to go do it. Wait, so you're scared of, wait, did you say you're scared of water? Well, like I'm scared of deep water. Okay. Yeah. So I could see your fear. And and so this is really interesting now that you've sailed the sea. So yeah. Okay. So keep going. Right. And and also it's the Hudson. You're like, ah, you know, like my friend, took a dip in the Hudson and it came out with an ear infection. Like, I just Ooh, yeah. didn't feel confident yeah. about what yeah. we were going nice to do. It's not but, clean. Yeah. <laughs> right. But at that point, you know, we were already homeschooling and I, you know, I was a teacher before that too. And I'm, I'm all about learning. So I think that sort of overcame my desire to support, you know, my best friend, my husband, and also like this could be a learning opportunity. Mm. So we took the class and I thought, well, that's it. You know, we've done it. And then he's like, <laughs> We have to go out as a family on our own. Uh, yeah. We have these three other kids who've never been on a sailboat. I'm like, one of those kids can't even sit up. I think it's okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we decided, let's go as a family. We'll find out whether the classes really worked and we can really do it without an instructor guiding us. So we did it and it was sort of a disaster with the screaming and the wobbling and the dropping things in the water and running mm. into poles. And- that wasn't bad enough. The other people who were out that weekend, like some of them literally were pointing at us and laughing as they zipped past in their motorboats. And we were like, just a, a little bit of a mess. And we came back and the idea sort of went into hibernation hmm. for a couple of years. And um, I'll just sort of fast forward. Yeah. Uh, Eric was, um, he was finding a way to rent out small boats and cost share with friends so he could keep it up without. Oh, yeah. The, um, but he realized, you know, it was more fun as a family, even though the first trip was not great. Right. And so uh, someone tipped him off to a place where we could rent those same tiny boats, basically like two picnic benches and a sail. They're just these 20 foot oh. tiny boats with no motor. And we just, um, it was in New Rochelle and we just go out in the Long Island Sound for a couple of hours mm. in the morning. And um, then we'd take him to his, you know, he'd get back in the city in time for his night job. And we wouldn't go every day, just like three times a month, maybe. But in those moments, it was just our family. We didn't have any cell reception. You know, we yeah. would just look at each other. We would t- talk to each other. We would sing our songs and tell our stories and everyone would get to practice, you know, steering the boat or helping out. And the littlest one, you know, by this point, you know, she is walking and talking and she would just like drag a little rope in the water and watch it and go behind the boat. And it was, it was actually a really nice family time. So then he had this idea, which he wrote in his journal that said sail as a family. But when he presented it to me, it was some afternoon, just like a quiet moment in the house when the kids were all sort of occupied doing something quiet and not fighting. And he said, you know, I think the seven of us on a boat would be enough universe for me. And immediately my mind started being like, oh my gosh, like how much is this going to cost? How are we going to do this? What about um, safety? What about doctors? What about school? What, you know, but all the mom things (laughs) instead of going straight there, I just kept my mouth shut for a moment and I gathered some information. I said, "Um, well, when do you want to go? when would you want to go? And he said, well, before our oldest, you know, leaves for college and mm. she was 14. So that kind of put a time limit on it. And, but it, once that was an idea, this dream kind of became an articulated goal with a time frame. Right. Things started really happening a lot more quickly. Um, we took classes on larger boats. We took our kids out on a large boat. They could sleep on overnight, you know, with motors and everything. <laughs> and um, we, 
uh, learned navigation. And anyway, we just prepared ourselves in all the ways and we're haunting the forums and websites mm. of who sail and stealing all their best ideas and reading books and learning what to do. And actually, even at this point, our oldest daughter said, um, you guys really have the guts to do this or are you just going to talk about it? You know, and we thought we're taking action, you know, but, but she <laughs> called us, she called us out as our kids will do and they can be our best teachers. So, um, you know, from there we amped and we started boat shopping and maybe she regretted that comment because after that, anytime we went anywhere, there was also always a built-in side trip to look at a boat and they were like, ah, oh. <laughs> No, but we didn't know anything like we had to learn the names of everything and what to look for in a boat and what all the jargon terms meant. And so finally, um, we had a couple of failed attempts to buy and we finally had an offer accepted for a fixer upper catamaran, which is a boat, not just with one hole that goes into the water, but was like two hulls, two sort of pontoons. Um, and they accepted our offer, so we found people to rent our apartment. We actually found a friend to rent our van. Wow. <laughs> Just trying to keep the, the cost sure. to the bone. And um, we packed up. We went down there, and, you know, we were so excited to finally get there. We, we walked up. The boat had no mast. I couldn't turn the oven on, and we had peanut butter jelly sandwiches for dinner. The first couple of weeks in Ireland were pretty rough because we thought we were only going to be there for a week or two outfitting and then, you know, sail the world. But we just learned that we had a lot to learn, and mm. we, ended, we ended up staying there for three months. Wow. Make sure that um, we had a, an, an, some problems with the engine that took a lot of troubleshooting and like our mechanic got chicken gunyan. We had to wait three weeks for him Wait, to get better. What's, you know? chicken, what's chicken gunyan? Chicken gunya. Oh, oh chicken I gunya? would just say like Google this. It's this weird disease you can oh. get from a mosquito biting you. Oh. It's kind of, it's not the same as Zika, but it's oh, wow. along those lines. Like you're coming out of the airport and they're like, wear long pants so you don't get chicken gunya or Zika. Or, you know. <laughs> wow. Anyway, it really took him out. He was laid low. And, you know, the things like that, you're like, well, I guess we're sticking around. And that ended out being fantastic because it forced us to slow down. We found out that even though we had gone there to, you know, make memories as a family and do this stuff before our kids started leaving the house, this that boat could suck up just as much time as a full-time job if we let it. And mm. we had to put a leash on that and really, um, and again, our kids were like, we came here to be together. Where are you guys? You're always uh -huh. out trying to make the boat better. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, we, we have destination fever. We're trying to get from A to B, but the goal is actually to be with you guys. And so, um, we were able to just kind of pull back the accelerator and we made some wonderful friends and met some mentors. And anyway, the journey continues from there, but that's kind of how we got sure. from the idea to the boat. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So your older kids, they're being homeschooled too. So they didn't have to stop traditional school, correct? Right. I'd been homeschooling since uh, spring of 2007 and this was winter 2014. Okay. So. so let's go, let's go through the ages that when you started this journey. So how old is everyone? We had our five kids were six to 16 going up mm. from the youngest. It was our six year old. Um, she has Down syndrome. So she kind of skews a little younger in, sure. in everything. But her age is six. Uh, her um, brother's eight. And then sister uh, was t just turned 12. And then the next sister up was 14 turning 15 during the trip. Mm. And then 
the oldest was 16 who turned 17 during okay. the trip. Now, I'm just curious, did one of them have a harder time adjusting than the rest? I think so. I think it was most dramatic for my middle child. Oh, middle one. Okay. The 12 year old. Yeah. I don't know if it's because she was at that age in life mm. where she was just, you know, like coming out of the house, being able to go back and forth to friends oh, on her own. Yeah, and like, she lost that freedom being on the I boat. Think, yeah, it might have been something like that because she was very upset about um, friends. We had to have her birthday party early, you know, so that she oh, could have the party. Yeah. And left and she actually turned 12. Right. Um, and there was like some cute boy who had just moved in nearby. And of course, <laughs> he was like something could happen here. You know, I don't know what, but, <laughs> but that was definitely part of why she didn't want to go. And, and for her is really interesting because, um, when we did meet up with these other families living on boats, she met some kids who have continued to be her closest friends ever since. So it worked out in her favor and she's probably now the staunchest advocate. She'd be like, yeah, I'd go live on a boat again in a yeah, heartbeat. <laughs> I think that's cool. Well, yeah, I, I, I was just curious, like with, with having so many kids and if one stood out to you that had a struggle, cause I was kind of thinking with the teenagers, the older ones have a little bit of a hard time being gone from their routine and stuff like that, but it makes sense about the 12 year old. Um, so let's go back really quick to how you afforded to do this. Is it because mm. you were able, well, one, you were renting out your apartment. Is that what you said? Yeah. So that, yeah. Mm, so we rented out our apartment that, that covered that expense. <laughs> sure. So then how were you bringing in money or did you just have enough in savings to be able to do it? Yeah, this this is a question that we go into detail about in the book. We say like, oh, we paid. One of the things that we did is we uh, bought a boat that we knew we would be able to resell when it was over so that we could reclaim sure. most, money. Of that, most of that cost and it wouldn't be expense. And I think we sold it for the same amount that we bought it for. But of course, we had, you know, put things into it. So it wasn't like we got everything back, right. but it was a huge return that helped really reduce the cost of, of the trip. Um, for starters, uh, we were out of debt, which helps a lot. And yeah. we, we had some savings. I wish I had, you know, my finger right on the numbers, but I know that, um, I know that we, so we took out a mortgage to buy the boat and, that we would pay back when we sold it and we weren't covering rent and the, and the, there was a little bit of overage from our rent that helped us to buy groceries. And also the, um, the rental of the minivan helped buy groceries. And then I think the rest we had in savings and I, I don't want to make up something that isn't true about exactly what number oh, yeah. it was. But yeah. what, what I remember is that we, we spent less living on the boat than we spend in New York City living on land. And yeah. so it I can was, imagine that, especially yeah. in New York City. Mm -hmm. Even though the food was more expensive, but oh, we true. just lived uh, really simply. Yeah. And even in New York City, we try to keep a really small nut. If we can stay out of debt and have low expenses, sure. it makes our lifestyle more nimble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you have seven people, it, I mean, I can see why you have to do that. I mean, even with a family of four, I mean, there's just times where I'm like, oh, like things just get so expensive. And um, my seven, almost eight year old, I don't know if she's in a growth spurt, but like she's just 
like, I feel like she just keeps asking me for food. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're not even a teenager yet. <laughs> so yeah, yeah having yeah. five kids, you know, and, and having to feed them and stuff like that. Um, okay. So that's, that's how you were able to afford it. So, um, walk me through like when, when you eventually got on to, you know, out to sea, right. You're it's, mm-hmm. it's past the three month mark. Um, mm-hmm. what does this look like for everybody? Like, I mean, is it at this point that everybody's just so glad to be going or is it like a whole new shift that you didn't even think was coming? I really love this question because it actually was a new shift. I mean, in those three months, we had made these friends. And so we got into a routine with them, school in the morning, friends in the afternoon, you know, playing music at the local bar or having a taco night. It was just such a beautiful arrangement. And I had mom friends and my husband had dad friends who helped him troubleshoot whatever electrical rewiring or whatever he was doing. And so when we left and it was just us, you know, now we knew how the boat worked and we were confident in a lot of ways, but sort of that pressure of always being together, just Mm. us. (laughs) Um, And every little task was something that we coordinated amongst ourselves and succeeded or failed, you know, and that, um, over time, I feel like it really, I mean, we were excited to be going as soon as we left, we got in, started great with this beautiful Milky Way sky and no light pollution. And then turned into a big squall. And we had like the, our first time being a night sailing, also being in our first storm. And that was very traumatic. And, um, You know, I just think it was, I know Eric and I would try to figure out how can we be private, but then sometimes it was also like, how can we get away from each other? Like, well, yeah, nice if there was someone else to speak with, you know? Yeah, Um, I can understand that. Yeah. And, and then, um, without hurting someone's feelings, you know, it's, it's like, you need that space that I don't think people always realize until you're kind of forced to do that. (laughs) Yeah, we don't, we don't usually get to experience the struggle of too much time together in our modern world, you know, like, oh, we could be together too much. I was like, I would say, I have nothing new to tell you. I haven't read anything. I haven't experienced anything you didn't experience. (laughs) Like I I need, I need to go do something by myself. So then I can come back and tell you about my life. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. I, I totally get that. Um, just in the sense of like when it's Christmas break on a very small scale, right? Like everybody's home and then like nobody's going to do things differently to come home to be like, how was your day? It's like, well, we've all been together. And so I think we're all like ready to get out. So to be on a boat. So, so I wanted to ask you two questions about the sailing process. So you're out in the storm and like, how does that, how does that look? Like, how does that feel? And then what are the kids doing? Like, how are they, how are they feeling about it? And and as a mom trying to help them, I mean, I would be scared myself. And then I'm thinking, oh, I have five kids that I have to make sure they're okay. Like paint us the picture of what this looks like. Yeah. I would say being the mom, I think always makes me a little bit braver um, in the situation mm-hmm. because I know I need to be the guardian and the protector for my children. So the first storm, really, our two best sailors are my husband and our second daughter, Allison, and they were on watch when the storm came and they they just endured and carried the day. Um, And it was, so then the boat's just rocking and there's rain everywhere and, you know, you're awake, but there's nothing to do except really lay still. I would say later um, we got, 
some plans. Like we figured out how to lower the sails from the deck because we just didn't want to risk anybody going on deck at that point oh, to lower yeah. the sails. So the winds are like 35 miles an hour, water's coming up over the sides. You know, it was, wow. it was stuff is shaking around, you know, shaking loose and you hear it rattling. So it was pretty scary, but um, at the end of that, this pot of dolphins swam with us for 45 oh. minutes and we all felt better. But That's so nice. later, I know it's amazing. And all the kids are laughing and the sun is up. But later when we would, we, um, we ended up getting caught in some spinoff from Hurricane Bertha in the Bahamas as we were on our way north. And we just learned how to handle the storm. So um, we would say, like, okay, the rain is coming. We lower the sails. We try to sail to the back of the storm. We don't want any wind pulling on our sails. Um, you know, it's pelting in. And usually uh, my husband likes to be at the helm when it's in a storm. And yeah. he, I would like hold up our iPad for him as the, the navigate. And he was navigate. And sometimes he would be wearing goggles because we didn't have a big protective covering over our cockpit. It was just... Um, just like a shade covering. Right. So he's getting soaked and um, still trying to see. And so I would stand there and hold it for him. And maybe we'd have some broth on this tiny little two burner stove we have. It's on a something called a gimbal. So the stove is always re-steadying itself oh. as the boat moves. The top always tries to stay flat. So there's oh, wow. that. And then usually the kids would just be right inside that front door if it it's daytime. There's a little sliding door from the cockpit into what's called like the salon. And it's like mm. a little tiny kitchen with a table and a seating around it. And um, they would just, our two youngest kids would usually fall asleep when things were rocky and everyone mm. else, we all get seasick. That's what so. I was going to ask you. Do you get seasick? I mean, I feel like I would be vomiting at this point. <laughs> yes. So let's just imagine that. I won't like talk about how much that occurred. Like when you started saying it was rocking, I'm like, oh, gosh, I would be throwing up. <laughs> okay. So you're dealing with that is what you're saying. Yeah. The two yeah, youngest ones are that. sleeping. The, thank goodness. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> did you guys know you had seasickness? Like, did you know this was going to be possible, like a possible like issue that you were going to run into? Yeah, that manifested pretty early on in the deal. And uh, Eric just said, you know, well, we'll do ginger and we'll do oh, like no. yeah. bracelets. And we'll, it's hard. like, why am I going to like, you know, why am I going to miss out on this whole beautiful experience just because I'll be miserable 5% of the time? That's. Five percent. So, <laughs> for me, right. I would have been sick for way more than five percent. <laughs> it, it, it usually only lasts for three days. So, oh, oh and then you kind of get used to it. Yeah, then then you sort of even out. And there oh, are techniques. Gotcha. Try. And I'm telling you, like we were all sick, and then when we saw those dolphins, <laughs> it was like, boom, not sick anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when a baby keeps you up all the time, and then the baby smiles at you, and you're like. Oh, that was so worth being up the whole night. It's kind of like, it just kind of was like, oh, here's your reward for going through that crazy storm, you know, to see all the dolphins. I think that's fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, explain to us like what the sleeping situation looks like. Like, where are you guys all at? Like it's underneath, right? Um, You're saying there's a sliding door and then do you go down and then... Yeah, that's right. Okay. So since this one is a catamaran and it's got the the two sort of pontoons that um, right. the boat balances on. Yeah, the you go in the the cockpit and you go in the sliding door. You're in kind of the kitchen, dining, navigation area. <laughs> Everything's very compact right. in a boat. This is like the 38 feet long by 21 wow. feet yeah. wide. So then there's like two steps going down to the right and two steps going down to the left. The pontoons are mirror image of each other oh. in 
in the middle is yeah. a tiny bathroom that you can stand and turn around in. Like you can fit two people because I know that's how I would shower my oh, yeah. six-year-old. Right. And then um, on either side is a cabin, which has like basically a double bed. And then there's enough floor space, again, for you to be able to turn around in. It's like the size of a large bath mat, mm. tiny closet. And there's storage usually underneath the beds, oh, underneath yeah. the floors. So my husband and I were in one cabin directly across from the two youngest children. And I would lock their door at night because my youngest would tend to sort of wander. And Oh, yeah, that would I be scary. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't want her sneaking around in the night. I wanted to hear everything. I wanted to let her out in the morning. And we also had our boat like wrapped in this um, netting that most boats with kids or pets on have so that nothing oh. slides out the sides. Like <laughs> you got to think about That's these good. things. yeah. And on the other side, um, my oldest daughter and my middle child, they shared a cabin. And then our um, second daughter, she had a cabin to herself. But if somebody came to visit, she either had to share or give it up. And she's also my child who kind of needs the most personal space. And everybody... Everybody knows it. Everybody agrees. So there wasn't any, that's not there, fair. There was, was no like, issues. Like, yeah, yeah, give it to her. We need her to be yeah. happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I get that. <laughs> that's funny. Now you had, you were saying that you've had people come visit you on the sailboat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Once okay. We were, yeah. yeah. It was just a couple of times. Like okay. Twice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, cause we only have so much time. Um, and yeah. I could ask you a lot of questions. Um, where are some of your, um, your the most favorite spots that you actually traveled through during this year? Oh, during this past year or when I mean, we were no during the yeah, during the sea yeah that year oh, of okay, sea okay. yeah like we talk girl um yes when we were on the sailboat um I think one of the places that I liked best was Saint Martin obviously we spent a lot of time there and it was amazing to me mm. um, as much as we traveled to realize if you just stay in one place there's so much to discover. You can keep looking deeper. So that's what I loved about St. Martin. In St. Bart's, I think what I loved there is that I was so surprised. I thought it was going to be this posh, frou-frou island. Everyone Mm. kept telling me about sidewalks. And Gustavia was beautiful, but we were anchored in a little bay called Colombier about a mile away from Gustavia. And it was just rugged um, cliff lines and like little ribbon footpaths and tons of sea life. And we just anchored there for a week with these other friends. So I loved that. And I told you at the beginning about the library in Culebra, Puerto Rico. And I loved that little island as well. We didn't ever go to see the bioluminescence that's so famous over there in Puerto Rico. But um, what is that? I don't even know. Oh, they have they have these places where you can just like kayak through and every every um, paddle will just bring up these like light and sparkles from the bioluminescence. Oh, wow. That's cool. I think that's in Viquesa, but we, we didn't go there, but we just went to Culebra and we just loved this little island. Um, it was just quiet and beautiful. And I would say the next place that was a favorite, I'm kind of going through the kids, the kids' favorite, they love this totally desolate island called Dog Island mm. off Ang- Anguilla. There yeah. was nothing that even in the sand, nothing but like the marks of the waves in the sand. Yeah, just nothing. <laughs> nothing. And um, I think we really, really liked this place called Hog Key in the Bahamas. Um, it was just very shallow water and 
the kids could easily swim around in it. And we built a little fire. We just stayed there for three days because we knew we were going to be heading back into civilization soon. And as much as we had too much time together, you can also live in a tiny space like that and still not know what's going on inside the hearts and minds of those people you love. So we tried to take those opportunities to really look each other in the eyeballs and find you know, ask questions mm. about what was happening in their hearts and how they were feeling. And so those were, those were like quiet places where we could do that. those special things. Yeah. 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 That is really great. Um, because it, it still would be, because you're doing so much adventure, you could still very get, much get caught up in that and, and not really focus on the people. Um, as we start to close, so what was your path? Like, so you went out of New York city or, um, Long Island and then where did you go? So how we started with the boat is like we used to sail out of Long Island, but with the boat we we bought oh. it. It was already in the Caribbean, so we flew. Oh, it was in the Caribbean already. Oh. Yes. Oh, so, so you we, spent three months in the Caribbean um, trying yeah. to fix the boat. Okay, gotcha. Wah, 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 right, like poor us. The boat yeah. won't go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the Caribbean. Okay, but where in the Caribbean were you? So we, that's when we were in St. Martin, and we oh, started. Okay. It's a dual ownership island, so half French, half Dutch. And we right. started on the French side, but then we went over to the Dutch side. And just like you could um, anchor in this lagoon for like $5 flat rate, unlimited, as long as you want. So that's wow. what we did. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, we traveled up to the British Virgin Islands, U.S. Virgin Islands, up into Puerto Rico. Um, and we did a big hop. It was f- five days. We were we were crossing sort of a dangerous passage, so we needed to go out a window when there was no wind, which meant mm. it took us forever wow. to sail these 500 miles. And then we arrived um, in the Bahamas on this like Morton Salt Island in Greater Nagua, and like nothing there really mm. except the factory and I guess 80,000 flamingos, which we didn't see. And then we moved oh. <laughs> up to the Bahamas and um, we crossed over to Florida and then we made our way. Um, up back to New York, sometimes going in the intercoastal waterway, sure. which is kind of inland. Yeah. And sometimes it's just faster to do overnights and we would go out into the ocean. So we sort of flip-flopped from there. Okay. And, and we, you know, we had some some struggles and some trials and uh, we were sinking at one point, but we ultimately did cross under the GW Bridge and make it all the way back to our own neighborhood in New York City wow. and walk home. That's interesting. I mean, uh, there's just so much to that. And I mean, because you you were gone for a year. So I'm just like, oh, there's so many questions. Um, but as we as we close, um, I wanted to ask you, um, what would you say some of the biggest lessons that you learned while sailing for a year? And then also, what what did you hope for your children to experience during this whole um, year of sailing? And did that happen? Okay. Would it be all right if I answer these in reverse? Yes. Yep. The kids first. Yeah, um, totally. So one of the reasons that we went is that we hoped to give them uh, an example of how to live your goals. And instead of just saying, you can do anything and we're here to support you, we said, let's show them how it works. Let's show them all the failure that's involved, all the persistence that's required, all the problem solving, all the beautiful sunsets and the occasional dolphin. And let's just show them, let's just show, let them see us figuring it out. And that was, you know, that was largely the sort of parenting philosophy that my husband brought, but I've come to 
agree with him that I want that we are showing our kids. So I hoped that they would um, get this idea of that they could figure it out, that yeah. they could go through trial and error and that they can customize their own life instead of having to worry so much about what other people think and pleasing them and just hopefully develop a, f- a friendly disregard for what other yeah. people think. It's like we I care about other people. We just right. don't care what they think about us. Yeah, I love <laughs> that, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so as we were coming up the intercoastal waterway, I asked the kids, you know, where home is not far and ha- what have you learned? And um, our second daughter, Allison said, I feel like I've just learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's a like, good you one. know what? <laughs> I think you're ready to be an adult now. And then, um, our oldest daughter, she was 17 at the time. And, and I asked her, you know, like, how have you changed? And she said, you know, mom, I really haven't changed, but I have become more myself through this journey in a faster, deeper way than mm. I would have if, you know, we hadn't right. thrown ourselves in the <laughs> way of all this disruption and, you know, problem solving and yeah. new situations. And I was like, wow, you really nailed it because I think that's basically it for me as well. <laughs> but it it did galvanize our relationships. We did have mm-hmm. to pull together as a team. You can't run away from each other right. um, on a boat and, and, I feel like we really did come together and for for me personally and I th- think across the board we gained new confidence. Um everyone had their confidence in their own way like my son didn't know how to swim when we left and he was a good swimmer, you know, by oh, the I'm time sure. we came home. Yeah. <laughs> um and my daughter was worried about friends and then she made friends and felt like I could make friends when I go new places. Um for me it was more I call it these three kinds of um confidence. First was the credibility, which I don't think I can overstate how important it is to trust yourself and know that you can figure it out. And I said I would do this and I did it. And so I had this credibility with myself and with my family. Um, The second was competence, which just like we actually did learn new skills. And that is the one way you build confidence and like, "Ah, I guess I can learn stuff. And then the most important one was probably just this feeling of calm that came as we realized we don't have to know everything when we start. The answers are going to emerge as we get closer, the same way the details of the island fill in as we approach it. Like, oh, now I can see the palm trees. Now I can see the shoreline. Now I'm looking for an anchorage. Now I can find the grocery store and I see they have eggs. I don't know if they have eggs from you know, right. the ocean. It's yeah. going to emerge as, as, as we get closer. And, um, I think as moms, we just care so much about our kids and we want to make everything safe and we want to control or at least mitigate the downsides and we want to have answers. And this was just a great big lesson yeah. in embracing uncertainty. And that gave us a, right. a calm. Yeah. I love that. And my last question is, was it actually harder um, to get back into a normal routine, getting back on land than you thought it was going to be. It was, it was a lot harder for me to come back, um, Mm -hmm. on land and get in a routine. Honestly, um, well, we had our little sinking experience right before that. And I was, as we got home, suddenly, you know, every night I would be grateful for the safety of the day and know that, that we could have broken an ankle or something and we didn't. 
But when we got home, I feel like sort of the immensity of how exposed we were for that whole time mm. all just sort of poured down on me at once. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I know we're all safe and now I can feel all of the like feelings. <gasps> oh my gosh, we could have, it could have, we could have been bad, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, um, I actually like slept on the couch for the first two weeks with one hand on the carpet because I kept having dreams that uh, we were tipping and I was going to fall out of bed. Wow. <laughs> and, and then um, I went to the library and I just checked out all the books on like home decorating that mm. had pictures. And I was like, I just I just want to think about being in one yeah. place for a little while. And it probably took me it took me several months before I felt excited about maybe a new adventure. I was like, I just got to process this last adventure, which right. writing a book really helped with. But sure. people, they want to live vicariously. They're like, so what's next for you guys? What are you getting out there? Right. You set that expectation. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? We're going to watch some Netflix. We're going to stay home. We're going to go to the grocery <laughs> store and get some <laughs> eggs. <laughs> I know where the eggs are. I know they have eggs here. That's and, funny. Um, yeah, so I think um, I think it's great to go on adventure. I don't think you have to do something that scares you every day. It's good to do it every once in a while and then process, recover. And when you're ready, you can do something else that scares you a little bit. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> now, did um, was it hard for the kids to readjust to? Uh, I think it was a little bit. Like, it was things like, "Oh my gosh, the you know the water's just pouring out of the faucet," and or I saw oh. these girls. <laughs> Just like they're washing their hands and just they keep letting the water flow and flow. <laughs> yeah, because you realize that like you take that for granted, especially living in in the United States, that we can just run water, you know. And so I love that they're more aware of that. Yeah, it was stuff. It was stuff like that. Like I can't believe they had the refrigerator door open or <laughs> whatever. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's awesome. So, um, where can everybody find your book? Is it going to be on Amazon that people can buy it? Yeah, it's an Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Indie Books, you know, wherever we have a website for it, seven at com. You can see some of the reviews yeah. on good, good reads if you want to hear what people are saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm going to put I'm going to put all your stuff in the show notes along with a link to the book. So I just wanted to before we close to let everybody know that. So you guys, if you don't already subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show, email us, make sure you do that. That way, every week you'll get the show notes. It will be all there. You don't have to go searching for um, the guest info. And then you will also have that current podcast episode right at your fingertips. And so all you have to do is go to Mom Inspired Show and then you scroll down, enter your name and your email at mominspiredshow.com and you will be all set. Emily, I appreciate you coming on the show today. It was so much fun. I could keep talking to you about this, um, but it was just such a wonderful experience to listen to and, um, and just open our eyes on like what possibilities are out there. Oh, I'm so glad, Amber. It was so fun to have this chat with you. Thanks for having me. All right, you guys, I will talk to you next week. <laughs>